What is up, everybody? Back again, another week, the Fan Section po- Podcast. I'm excited because last week was epic. This is the week five recap episode of the Fan Section. I'm super excited for you guys all to be here listening. Hope you're having a great week. Hope you're having a great day, honestly, because uh, I know I am. And I know that last week on Saturday, I was glued to the television. I couldn't look away. Um... My dogs put a smacking on Arkansas, and I fucking loved it, uh, as a, especially as a top 10 team, which further proved that my dogs are still one of, if not the best team in the college football playoff. Also, another really exciting thing is Notre Dame got that ass beat, and I am so happy. I can't stop smiling about it. Like, my whole week is made. My whole college football year is made, honestly, because now we can stop talking about Notre Dame. Real quick, I want to get into the intro. This is the Fan Section Podcast, brought to you for fans, by fans, across the college landscape, from Section 100 to Section 300. Bleachers to the suites, welcome everybody. I am your host, Alan. Tyson is out this week. It's two dudes talking college, dropping knowledge. Before we start, I want to take the time to ask you to like, subscribe, leave us a five-star review. We promise to read it on the air. And also, to go over to our Twitter handle, the Fan Section, and if you have any, want to get in the mailbag and ask us any questions... Send us anything that you want us to talk about. Defensection1 at gmail.com. All of that amazing stuff said, what a week, man. Like, ah, I I can't can't begin to just tell you how excited I am. Week five was insane. And it set up potentially the college football playoff, right? Um all, all year you've hearing me and not not really year, but I guess all season, we'll just say, because this is a podcast, we have seasons, all season, you've heard me talk about Arkansas, you've heard me talk, last week, you heard me talk about Michigan, I even talked about them in the, the ranking shorts episode, um, and I'm just happy because I've been right, you know what I mean, it's really, really cool to be right about some things, um, doesn't happen all that often in, in the world of, you know, sports, as, as uh, all of you know, you can predict something, or you say, this team's going to beat that team, and then ne- the next week you hear a bunch of shit because they didn't. Um, but all week I wasn't, I was telling people, I'm not really too worried about Arkansas. I just, Georgia is that much better than everybody. Um, and they showed it. So I'm really happy about that. And also I really do think Arkansas is still a very solid team. Like don't let what Georgia did to Arkansas deter you from thinking that Arkansas doesn't deserve to be in the top 10 because they 100% do what Sam Pittman has with that team going right now. And there was a buttload of recruits, like recruits at that game. Um, Florida State lost a commit because a 2024 commit. So, yeah, it's it's 2024, and you've talked, you've heard us talk about recruiting in, in other podcasts, um, uh, other episodes about how if you're a 2023 or 2024 recruit and you commit early, it nine times out of ten doesn't stick because the kid realized he committed way too soon. The kid's a sophomore, man, like. He's not gonna. He doesn't know. He doesn't. He doesn't know his own name right now. You know what I mean. So he really can't commit. But he. He after seeing what George and Arkansas were able to do, he did decommit for Florida State. He is the nation's number one tight end in Florida. So that is a big. He's gonna be a good player. It's not that he's not a good player. But the fact that he's a sophomore and he's already one of the best players in Florida. That's insane. I don't know what's in the water down there, but or what. You know what I mean. What they're what they're feeding these kids. But the fact that you have a sophomore and he is already the best tight end and I'm tight end. Like the dude plays on the line. He go, he blocks defensive ends. Like he blocks cave on Thibodeaux on the regular. That's insane. I, that I, I, that's amazing. 
hats off to that family, man. Like how you guys developed them and everything like that, and what you fed them, what you gave them water-wise, Powerade, Gatorade, whatever. Keep doing it because the kid's going to be a star. Anyway, but he did decommit. Um, that's really kind of it for the recruiting news. Also, Archie Manning uh, came out and said that he, because he had his Alabama visit, and he took it at the right time. Like, he was able to see Bama put a beating down on Ole Miss. Um, and Ole Miss is still a very good team. So Matt Corral is probably the best quarterback outside of Justin Ritter in the class. So what Bama was able to do to Ole Miss doesn't mean that Ole Miss is a shitty team or bad team or whatever. They're still very good. Uh, it's just Bama's that much better, man. And Arch Manning had a great time. Uh, it was reported that he had one of the best visits ever. But he didn't say it was the greatest visit, or he didn't say he had the greatest time. He did say that about Georgia. So I just wanted to just throw that out there because Arch Manning potentially could come to Georgia, and that would be amazing. Um, you haters would be mad about it, but that's fine. Anyway, so real quick, the outside of the recap, I listed a couple games already. Georgia beating Arkansas, Ole Miss beating Bama, or Bama beating Ole Miss. Um, I want to dive into a couple more games as far as um, – games that i think impacted the not only the rankings but the college football playoff as a landscape so iowa as you know is ranked pretty high right now i think they're at i have them i don't have them at at where they're at um which is three i have them at six but that's okay because they play penn state this weekend and iowa destroyed maryland i thought it was gonna be closer game um and then uh, Stanford ruined the Pac-12 playoff hopes of any of any Pac-12 team. If you're in the Pac-12, you're not going to make the playoffs this year again, which is you never made it. So however long the playoffs have been around, uh, the fact that you can't get anybody in is come on now. Like, are you, and it's not that you guys are just that much better. It's literally Pac-12 doing Pac-12 things. You guys beat up on each other. And the fact that Stanford was able to put a beating on Oregon like that, yeah, just ruined Oregon's chances. So basically all the Pac-12, all you guys are playing for right now is the Pac-12. You're not playing for the playoffs. Your season's pretty much over um, in that sense of national title hopes, right? But you can still win the conference, still have a good year. You know what I mean? Still go to a big bowl game, uh, potentially play an SEC or ACC school. Um, Michigan looks very good. And I had them projected last podcast with Tyson as the third best team in the nation. And they did not disappoint they look complete, and they beat a very big team in Wisconsin. Like, those boys are big. Um, their D-line, you, you, last week all you heard was, we can't run on these guys. Michigan ran on them. So that tells me right there that the game plan and the philosophy and the culture that Jim Harbaugh finally has been establishing for since his tenure, this year it's coming to light. I'm very excited to see down the road when Michigan plays Michigan State because the chances are pretty high that both teams could be undefeated. Um, and that will likely the winner of that game, if they go on to win the Big Ten, is in the playoffs. So that's why I'm highlighting that game. And then finally, I've already talked about it. can't talk about it more. I'll talk about it all day, but I won't because of the podcast. So we don't have all that time. Cincinnati gets their first staple win of the season against Notre Dame, knocking Notre Dame out of the playoffs, elevating Cincinnati into the playoffs. So... And I say that because Iowa and Penn State play each other this week. The loser of that game is out of the top six. They're out of the top eight, probably. The winner of that game, because Cincinnati's sitting at five, so they're sitting very, very pretty, and they're just waiting. They're like, all right, whatever. We're just licking our chops to get in the top four because we know we'll be in next week if they win, and they play Temple. So 
yeah, chances are pretty high they're going to win and they're going to be ranked fourth. But the one thing concerning about Cincinnati is they're playing Temple. They play teams of that caliber from here on out. They don't really play anybody big. That's very, very nerve-wracking if you're a Cincinnati Bearcat fan because the committee has proven this time and time again. They left out an Ohio State team a couple years back. Granted, Ohio State didn't win the, the Big Ten, but they were, they, they were an undefeated team. And only because they didn't have enough, because it was COVID. And they didn't have, not a couple years back, but it was because it was COVID, they didn't have enough games, and they couldn't play in the Big Ten Championship. Had they been able to play in the Big Ten Championship, they probably would have won it, and they would have been in the playoff. But the fact that the, the committee said, nope. So they do, they do hold conference championships to regard. They do hold strength of schedule to regard. They do hold the eye test. Can Cincinnati put up enough points and get that sparkle or that twinkle in the committee's eye I don't know. So, but right now I have them as in. If they win out, I have them as in because I think it's the right thing to do. Because honestly, Cincinnati, outside of, you could make an argument three through 10, that's a dumpster fire of teams that can all beat each other, right? So it's basically saying, if we don't put Cincinnati in, who's better than them and why? You know what I mean? Is is Iowa, but Iowa, yes. If the Iowa wins, Penn State, they're going to be at three. Who's in that fourth spot? It has to be Cincy. Is Oklahoma? No, because Oklahoma is one of the softest undefeated teams I've ever seen. They're, they're, not, they're not a very good team, and I think they get destroyed this week against Texas in the Red River rivalry, um, which would be awesome because then people can stop talking about Oklahoma and Spencer Rattler for Heisman because, honestly, Bryce Young has already locked that thing up based on his win against Ole Miss. So, and another team to keep an eye out, and I know the ACC is down this year, but there is an undefeated team in the ACC, and that is Wake Forest. Keep an eye on those guys because if they win out, the ACC is technically considered a Power 5 conference. So are you going to say that a Power 5 undefeated team can't get in the playoffs? But if you do that, then you're leaving out Cincinnati. So this is why, if you're a Cincinnati Bearcat fan, you're still sitting on pins and needles, honestly, until the committee announces the very last final ranking show, one through four, and you see your team at three or four, then you can rest easy. But not really, because then you have to play Bama or Georgia. You know what I mean? So it's like one of those things where it's like, you can't win even if you win. You know what I mean? So, But I'm rooting for Cincinnati to be in the top four at the end of the year. I'm also rooting for Michigan because I think – a Bama, Georgia, Michigan, Cincinnati Final Four would be f absolutely fucking epic. Let's be honest. Um, all, but if Wake Forest, like I said, does win out and they go undefeated, I I don't see them getting into the playoff. I really don't personally. But I think it. I think at that point, then you realize it's not a Power Five conference. It's a Clemson conference, and Clemson is down. North Carolina is down. The ACC as a whole is down. Does that mean Wake Forest is beating up on down teams? I don't think so. I think Wake Forest is actually a pretty decent team. I don't think they're top four, but that's what I'm saying. The committee will put the top four no matter what. You could honestly, honestly, I if if Bam or Georgia took two losses, I would still put them in over a Wake Forest team, and that just is what it is. Even if they're undefeated, because the ACC to me is not a power five. It's a Clemson-ran conference. And the fact that Clemson is not in it anymore this season goes to show that just the caliber of teams in the ACC aren't very good. And I just, it's really, it shouldn't even be considered power five. It should be power four. You know what I mean? Like, but that's okay. And honestly, you could, you could make an argument. The Pac-12 isn't even a power conference anymore. Um, but 
you know, because of the caliber recruits, caliber teams. I mean, USC is one of those teams where it's like, and I know I'm, you know, going kind of down a rabbit hole on these teams, but these are teams that are potentially on the cusp every single year of being what they once were, dominant. USC at any given time is honestly like two or three wins away from an undefeated season. And if USC goes undefeated, they're back. You know, like they're in. And as a Pac-12 champ, it's USC. You can't keep them out. So, um, you know, I, I just think that there's a lot of, like I said, teams 3 through 10 honestly can all beat each other. They can all be vying for that 3-4 spot at the end of the year. And I think that's beautiful as a, as a college football fan. That's what you want. You want the four best teams. And honestly, you want competitiveness. You want new teams each year. And I understand. But I think teams have to, or fans this year have to kind of understand that there's going to be two SEC teams in the playoffs. Because if you have a Georgia and a Bama team that are undefeated at the end of the season and they win out, a one-loss Bama or a one-loss Georgia team being ranked one and two and doing what they were doing all year, they're not going to miss the playoffs. They the But then you get into the question as well, where do you have them ranked? I would have them ranked at one and two, honestly. Like that, I'd still put them at one and two. Um, I would just have the winner at one and the loser at two because they're just that much better in upper echelon of everybody else. Because the reward can't be, well, you beat us, so we get to play you again in three weeks. No, no, no. That's because the hard. No, no, no. That's you can't do that, man. Like, um, that, that's not a reward. That's not a victory. That's literally. But at the same time. I can see the argument people would have as keeping them at two or keeping them at one. You know what I mean? Like, say Georgia's ranked one and they beat them and Bama stays at two. But at the same time, like I said, it's Bama, Georgia, than everybody else. It really is. And until proven otherwise, that's how it's going to be and that's how it should be. Um, just based on the talent. The, honestly, the healthy Georgia team, fully healthy. I'm talking JT Daniels, fully healthy. Washington, Tyke Smith versus a Bama team that's fully healthy. There's really not much difference. The only difference is the front seven for Georgia versus the front seven for Bama. And I think that's where the game will be won. Um, but then you can make the argument that Georgia has a weaker secondary, which is fine. But the point is, is that outside of Bama, Georgia, it's very exciting, right? And the next couple weeks are going to really, really determine that, um, especially the week after next, where you have a, I think that's Oklahoma State, who I have as a team to potentially watch actually plays Texas. And if Texas beats Oklahoma, which I'm projecting they will, then Oklahoma State beats Texas. Whoa. You know what I mean? Like So then you have an argument for Oklahoma State to get in, which I think is amazing. So having said all that, um, real quick, the recap was, like I said, it was a very exciting week. Very, very exciting week. Um, I definitely want to move on now to the actual rankings. Um and as far as like what where the com where where I think the committee's going to have everybody right, um, and this isn't my ranking. This is going to be where I think the committee's going to rank them as you know one through six, and as of right now. So first, I have is Georgia going to be at number one based on their strength of schedule. I think that it's pretty safe to say. Georgia's going to just continue to keep rolling. They shut out a top 10 team. They should be ranked one. I think committee understands that, and they see how they're beating people, and they're not even healthy. I think they put them at one. Um, and then I have Bama at two. And then I'll put um, – I can't put Michigan at three because that's just my guess. 
I'll put Iowa at three, and then I'll put Penn State at four. And that will change. And then I'll put Cincinnati at four next week because one of those teams loses. So that is my um, you know, my committee ranking, right? And it's only because it's very similar to what the coaches AP poll has. Those guys vote every week. Um, teams, like I said earlier, or earlier on, I said teams to keep an eye on because not only did Oklahoma State kind of shock some people, you have Michigan, you have Cincinnati, you have Wake Forest, and you have potentially Michigan State. So you've got a couple Big Ten teams in there that could really shock the world and get into the playoff, and rightfully so. I think there will be a Big Ten team in the playoff, honestly. I really do. Um, it's just who. You know, what team will it be? Um, you know, moving forward, I think that Michigan has a very good shot. I really do think that uh, – and don't count on Ohio State either. I know that they're they're, they're a soft 7-1 and one, or 4-1 and one right now. They're ranked 7th, though, so clearly the the committee or you could just pull still loves them. Um, then that's really good. And then you have Michigan State also. But Michigan State is undefeated. If Michigan State is undefeated, they're going to jump Ohio State. You know what I mean? Um, and, and I think that's only fair. Like, I really don't think that Ohio State is, is what they once were as far as teams. But the good thing is they they can put my money where my mouth was just a second ago because at 11-20, Ohio State Mich- plays Michigan State. And it's at the, it's at the you know, it's at the shoe so that'll be a big game because, you know, say Ohio State. Ohio State should only have one loss at that point. Michigan State could potentially have one loss because they play Michigan on ten, uh, the day before Halloween. And you're just hoping that they're able to get their, their treats instead of the tricks on that day. But if they aren't and they do have that one loss, then the winner of this game, you know, potentially say Michigan loses later on down the road, could still be in the playoffs. So that's, that's a potential playoff picture game. So a lot of exciting things down the road. Um we went through the recap, went through how, you know, very exciting week, uh, week five. Next po- next podcast, next episode, I'm definitely going to talk about the previews. I'm going to dive into what teams to watch, what teams I really like, what teams uh, to keep an eye out for, and what sets up potentially another amazing week six recap of the playoff landscape picture. And as we know... It's going to already change because Iowa or because Penn State and Iowa play each other. So, without further ado, thank you so much. This has been the Fan Session Podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and I'm out.